Welcome to Fintech Impact. This podcast is an exploration of the financial technology world, interviewing different fintech entrepreneurs about what they do, their story, and what their impact is on consumers, incumbents, and the industry as a whole. Here's your host, award-winning financial planner, university lecturer, and writer, Jason Pereira. Hello, and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, I was lucky enough to pin down Ben Stiles, general manager of product and partner development for financial web for Zero. For those of you unfamiliar with Zero, Zero is one of the world's leading online accounting softwares and was one of the first to actually move online. Frankly, I'm a user and a big fan of the product. So with that, here is Ben Stiles and Zero. Hello, Ben. Jason, how are you? Very well. Thanks uh, for taking the time today. No, thank you. It's uh, yeah, really, really great to be here and I uh, hope we can tell a bit of a story about where we've come from and some of the, the great things we're doing. Fantastic. You happen to be my first Australian uh, conversation. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's actually been a really interesting part of, of growing Zero is how much of the ecosystem around us finds us quite unique, being a, a New Zealand-born company and uh, operating significantly out of Australia as well. Yep. Just the working with the Australian culture, working with our, our way of doing things, but also being a fast-moving tech company that isn't something that people think comes out of a, our, our corner of the world. Actually, I screwed that up. Uh, my first was Australian was uh, was Finometrico. However, he was in Israel when I spoke to him. So you're the first one actually in Australia that I'm speaking to. So uh, with that, uh, tell everybody about Zero and what you guys do. Great. Well, back in 2007, our founder and CEO, Rod Drury, was looking at the accounting landscape and had really picked up that there was a problem. And the problem was that working with an accountant and bookkeeper as a small business um, meant a fairly manual fairly disconnected, fairly inaccurate way of sharing data between an accountant and bookkeeper who needs to actually account for your business and the people that operate the business, often the small business owner themselves, maybe their accounts payable clerk, might be the, if it's a mum and dad business, it might be the wife or, or partner working with the books and needing to share them with the accountant. And to cut a long story short, seems fairly obvious to us today that you know we live and breathe cloud as consumers and as as business uh, owners. And and what we understood was if we could actually get everyone working on a small business to interact around that small business on the same set of data in real time in the cloud, we would be able to significantly improve the way that accounting and bookkeeping was able to be performed for small business. So that's where we started the concept of a single ledger in the cloud than an accountant, a bookkeeper, a small business owner, anyone who works in, for, or on that small business can actually interact with in the cloud. It meant that information about a small business would always be up to date. You'd never be losing data. You'd be able to interact around the data sets and changes that need to be made and effectively become much more efficient at running your books. So that's where we started. We've taken that on a fairly significant journey and, and we've evolved what was initially just a cloud accounting platform into what is now a, a global small business platform, which is about a lot more than just your core accounting. Fantastic. So we're going to come back to those other functions. But uh, tell me about your background and how you came to be at Zero and your role there now. So I'm really uh, fortunate that over the last 15 years, I'd been uh, consulting to a whole range of different industries. So whether I was, I'd been consulting to large mining companies, telcos, postal services, Australia and Europe in the US. I'd seen some of the change coming in 
in technology and had essentially focused my career on digitizing business. I ended up working for the big banks and started working deeply in digitizing product. So taking things like foreign exchange product, taking that into online. And that really led me to being quite open-minded about what might happen to the financial services industry. So you fast forward a few years to 2010, 2011, 2012, when you know the squares and the stripes of the world were all evolving and fintech was, was coming onto the scene. Uh, I was running innovation in one of the big banks in Australia and was essentially very aware of what was about to happen in cloud. Through that, was was running a whole range of, of different initiatives to build cloud products and, and was launching a, some competitive sets to effectively fight the fintechs. And funnily enough, that got me talking to many fintechs. And uh, one of the tech companies that I was talking to at the time was was founded by Rod Drury, happens to be Zero. And we were talking about some of the ideas that, that I was having at the time, using data in the cloud to make lending decisions, automating payments end-to-end across a global platform, making really intelligent decisions based on predictive data sets. Some of those things were things that Zero were visioning as part of their future. And uh, they simply said, come and do that with us. So here I am, four years later, essentially most of the things that Zero had set out to do are either true today uh, or becoming true. So it's, it's been a really wild ride. Fantastic. So, yeah, it started off as a basic cloud ledger system, and it's become a very full-fledged accounting suite that's taking on, you know, like we discussed earlier, the 800-pound gorilla of, of Intuit in this space. I'm going to give you a personal endorsement. I've been, you know, on zero for like five, six years, and better, it's my, been my favorite accounting software to date. So, thank you. But why don't you tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Well, first of all, your take on how an accounting software should work in the cloud, and secondly, the functionality that's that people can expect from the use of it. When we first looked at tackling the problem what we'd understood was absolutely the core is the is the general ledger so debits and credits having that single view of the ledger was going to be the core of solving cloud accounting so the first thing we did was made sure that anyone touching a small business subscription was able to see the same view of the data in real time so once we had those building blocks in place and some of the basic features that, that sit around creating a general ledger, we came to the conclusion that removing manual entry was going to be the next step. Now, that might sound, again, fairly obvious to us today. And in fact, even for about 20 years, uh, various regions in which we operate have had the ability to extract data, say, from a bank account or an internet banking account and push that into accounting software. Now, at the time, all of that software was desktop and often um, extracting data from from banking systems was either a process that the accountant and bookkeeper run, ran and they did that through monthly processes. It was something that was done less regularly, was not automated and wasn't actually connected to a small business's day-to-day activities. and. We saw that as a gap because if you look at maintaining a general ledger, what's happening in your business, actually attaching what you did today and yesterday to your small business accounts means that you can be more accurate and you actually avoid the situation where, you, and we still see this today, this is again, you know, why so many people come across to zero, 
is avoiding the situation where a, an, a small business owner rocks up at the end of a quarter, end of a half, even if it's just end of the month, with a shoebox full of receipts, scratching their head saying, well, I'm not really sure what I spent all this money on and what all these sales were for, but let's sit down and categorize them. We knew we needed to take that out of the equation. So the concept of a daily a bank feed, so data from your bank daily into zero. And then the daily reconciliation was actually what made Zero explode. So Zero exploded from the point where we worked with the first financial institution to provide a daily feed of data straight from the banking core system into the cloud against an individual small business. We made that data available to small businesses once that was run overnight. And in the morning, we surfaced on their mobile app a whole range of recommended reconciliations. And all that means is matching what was spent or what was received with transactions and codes. So gamifying the codification of business expenses and receipts on mobile and on desktop that small businesses were always up to date. And that was a game changer for us, a game changer for the entire industry. And that's what took us from 100, 200, 300 customers to all of a sudden ending 10,000 customers at a time. We are now wow. at 1.4 million small businesses globally. In two of our core markets, there are between 500 and 1,000 small businesses joining zero a day in each of those markets. And we feel like we're only just getting going. So if you really think about the competitive set here, any way that you manage a small business today that includes any kind of manual entry we compete with that. And usually that's either the shoebox of receipts or the Excel set of worksheets. And it's a no-brainer once you've used Zero for the first time. So we're incredibly proud of, of some of the, the pain that we've taken out of running a small business. And it's actually wise. As soon as someone receives that first feed of data from their bank, go through the daily rec for the first time, Zero changes their lives. And again, this is, this is something we're incredibly proud of. And building on this is where we're at today. Fantastic. I mean, I speak from experience that reconciliation, I've never seen it as easy as you guys made it. Uh, I mean, there's some people who are catch, catching up now, of course, but literally open up, everything's been matched, click, 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 done. It's fantastic. One other thing you guys did out of the gate that I thought was interesting and that I think was brilliant also was you didn't put limits on users. Or you didn't have a, a, you didn't have a billing model that was per user. What was the thinking behind that? Was that to basically facilitate greater collaboration with accountants and, and businesses or? What were you thinking in that in those terms? Really interesting question because, you know, often we get asked, well, what's the secret of zero success? And, and often the assumption is the core product. Now, we talk about zero as, as beautiful accounting software. Now, we've evolved to a small business platform. And assuming that the reason for our success is down to the product alone is actually incorrect. The genius that Rod really brought to this entire industry was understanding the relationship between small business owners, the people that work within that small business, and the accountants and bookkeepers who work on the small business. So what was really clear to the Zero team at the time was if we could nail interaction on the Zero platform, if we could nail invitation, collaboration, and enhancement of the general ledger by adding as many roles, permissions, and eventually applications into a zero subscription so that they could work together on the data, enhance the data, 
and correct data together, then the value of the general ledger at an individual level was incredibly high because small businesses were all of a sudden completely empowered about how they manage their financials. But also the value to the ecosystem that we eventually built around us was immense as well. Being able to write to zero, being able to pull data from zero, being able to automate business processes around zero meant that if we were to restrict users, we would very quickly restrict the platform play that we saw as the future as far back as 2007. Makes sense. I mean, even myself as a financial planner, I've benefited from it immensely because any client I've been able to put on, you know, you guys were the first that I saw with that model, but everybody else has moved to something similar. But the ability with the business owner clients I deal with to be able to pull up their books that they're dealing with the right people are up to date on a regular basis and advise them on their personal financial situation based on that. It was something that just wasn't even feasible prior to you guys coming around. So again, I thank you. So you guys have a, I would say a number, but I'd say a ton of different integrations basically your own app store. Can you speak to what you know the key value props of some of those or the key areas they fill are? So casting minds back to, to 2009, Zero had a, a bunch of decisions to make. We were growing very quickly. We understood through accountants, bookkeepers, through small businesses, through service providers to those small businesses that unless we were able to enable small business to run its entire operations in the cloud, then we may be somewhat limited in how far we can go as an accounting platform. So the idea of becoming a small business platform was very rapidly evolving here and we had some decisions to make. And those decisions were around, well, what do we build? What do we buy? Where do we partner? And how can we do that at scale? And it was obvious at the time to the team that if we were to invest too heavily in building the things that weren't core to zero, running small business, I'm talking about things like point of sale, inventory management, logistics applications, CRM, retail uh, management tools, time sheeting, analytics, forecasting, a whole bunch of different tools that if we were had have invested heavily, got distracted, tried to build things which weren't core to zero at the time, then we would have slowed down the expansion of our platform and we would may and we may have actually limited our expansion as a platform because the value of the zero general ledger uh, might not have been realized across so many different industry verticals as well as the horizontal so all I mean by that is we very quickly exposed the APIs that we'd used to build the zero platform exposed that through what we call the developer API essentially allowed our third-party applications to invite customers to authenticate. And therefore, from that point forward, those applications might be your point of sale, your inventory. Again, it might be your... So from the point of view of small business tools, we understood that adding access to those APIs allowed the small business tools themselves to proliferate around us as a platform. Very quickly came to the realization we needed a marketplace of apps, stood up the developer platform, um, made it more robust, built developer evangelist teams around it. So teams of, of developers that actually help our ecosystem partners write to zero, extract data from zero, automate experiences within zero, and effectively make the ecosystem around us as beautiful as the core accounting platform itself. So it's a really exciting part of our business uh, working with 
so many applications. There's, there's more than 600 in our marketplace today covering all verticals of small business. Well, that's, I mean, I myself use about a half dozen of them already. I mean, everything from, from uh, Square for point of sale and various payroll softwares. But I mean, it, it's a wise move. I mean, you're absolutely right. You could have tried to be all things to all people and you would have slowed your, your process and your project and your direction. But meanwhile, with a robust ecosystem of, of fintechs out there and other if people in other areas becoming best in class, you never would have been able to, you would have been the annoyingly bad version of Square or the annoyingly bad version of Stripe, right? So well done. Now you guys operate in most countries in the world. How many countries are you in now? So we've got customers in 180 countries. We've got operations in New Zealand, uh, where we were born and, and founded, Australia, Singapore, London, San Francisco, New York, Denver, and now in, in Canada. So uh, really exciting for us to be moving into the Canadian market and, and the team that are firing up there are doing some great things. We're seeing an enormous amount of traction and our expansion into the U.S. is a really interesting play because U.S., North America in general, you know, there's a, a really complicated tax environment. You know, you're talking about multiple states, um, really challenging. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you look at Canada, you know, we, we're talking about language capability as well. So being able to bring French into the platform, a whole bunch of things that essentially strategic moats around some of the incumbents. And despite those strategic moats, we've seen customers loving what we do so much. There's so much pull for our product that it actually becomes all about the customers and the accounts, bookkeepers, ecosystem apps around us. They're actually pulling us into the region. And, and that's a really exciting thing about our platform is that people are seeing the benefit and the product and the platform itself are really driving positive outcomes. Those outcomes mean that customers are jumping on board. So it's a really fun time for us. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I've seen entire accounting firms just be built around your software and have no fixed location. I mean, they just completely operate in the cloud. That wouldn't have been possible before you guys did what you did. So in terms of the development to date, what do you think the biggest challenges you've faced are? I think the biggest challenge that we've faced has actually been continuing to make the decisions about what we build, buy, and partner on. I mean, those are challenges that every business faces. And we face a whole range of those in the financial services space, so around payments, around connecting more and more banks to our platform for data feeds around some of the, the other financial services that we're working on the platform. So how far do we go down that trajectory? Before we got there, though, actually making the, some of the hard calls around making sure that our expansion would never be slowed by our core platform, by technology, and that our ambition around AI and machine learning was able to be realized. So, in fact, one of the hardest decisions we made was around 2014 through to 2015 was to lift and shift a, a whole and then rewrite a whole section of zero and take it onto AWS. And that was a massive investment oh, for wow. us because we'd been sitting on huge amount of rack space and getting great results out of that. But as anyone knows who works in, in cloud and, and cloud at scale, being able to accelerate the scaling of the platform, whether it's something as simple as solving for DR and other reliability capability, but if you then expand that to crunching huge sets of data, 
absolutely massive sets of data. You know, you think about, say, Facebook. So Facebook crunches a lot of data, but you're really talking about a lot of a lot of likes, a lot of videos, and a lot of conversations between people. On zero, small businesses produce immense amounts of data, and crunching that data in real time, crunching it overnight, crunching it when we need to crunch it to make zero available. Uh, creates an immense amount of load and bringing everything onto AWS and actually stop pausing, wouldn't say stopping, but absolutely pausing some of our our feature product development as a future investment was one of the biggest and hardest decisions we had to make. And we're reaping the benefits of that now. We're doing you know, 1,200 releases a year at the moment. So many, many releases a day. And that means that we're going to be able to... releases a year. Yeah, yeah, and look, you know, we're talking How about many everything from. Are working on various teams. Hundred <laughs> a year. Oh man, I can't imagine how people be annoyed if their phone updated twelve hundred times a year. <laughs> Let's say that we've got some some very busy engineers, and look, you know, we've we've got a, a decent sized team. You know, there's there's about nine hundred engineers in zero. Certainly, when you look at at those releases, you know, they can be anything as minor as a bug fix right through to, you know, enhancing how a particular tax code works or it might be um, how invoicing is displayed in the U.S. market. So, you know, there's a whole range of different release sets and, and a very agile cadence that we have around how we release. And, and that just makes Zero a fun place to work. Fantastic. So maybe early days to be thinking about this, but I'm sure you've had this conversation. How do you guys think blockchain might impact what it is you do? So I've been watching blockchain for a while. So I cast my mind back to 2014 when, when I was first looking at blockchain and it was really obvious at the time that this distributed ledger was going to cause an awful lot of change. Now, we also thought at the time was the Bitcoin bubble, just focusing on Bitcoin for a moment, would pop at some point. Now, well, that happened. Oh, well... I was actually very wrong at the time because I was looking at Bitcoin at about $70 then <laughs> and thought it was about to pop. So, you know, one of the things, and I tell this story often, you know. Well, it's a good you, thing you couldn't short it back then because you would have been in big trouble. Yeah, well, that's right. So long story short, I, I was wrong. I mean, everyone, everyone can, can see that. Absolutely specific digital currencies, I think, will have a hard time. And for that reason, we're very wary about those currencies themselves because if you think about running a small business and small business accounting, we absolutely are about core business now and really the currencies that are core to the economy today. Now, it doesn't mean that we can ignore uh, blockchain. So when we look at blockchain, like others who are fairly sophisticated in the industry, we're looking at, looking at it in terms of the distributed ledger and some of the, the smart things that... Uh, we'll be able to do in the future by using that value store or the record of value store in new ways. So what's interesting for us as a platform is we look at our network today and in markets where we've got very high penetration like Australia and the United Kingdom, we see many, many small businesses that have suppliers or customers who are also zero customers. And that platform play around business to business, but also the common customers between those small businesses and the platform play that's possible there means that thinking about value exchange on our platform and thinking about value exchange between K 
customers of small businesses who might be interacting on our platform throws up a, a whole world of opportunities. So um, whether or not that's going to use blockchain as a means of, of value store and, um, and transfer of value uh, or whether we use more traditional rails, what we're really looking at at the moment is how do we do that really efficiently? Uh, how do we do that in new ways that are low cost? How do we do it in new ways that enable new experiences? And we've got a few research projects underway there that, uh, that are throwing out some pretty exciting outcomes. Well, I'm very interested to see how that pans out. I mean, reconciliation of accounts is definitely one of the low-hanging pieces of fruit when it comes to blockchain. I mean, that's what it was designed to deal with. And it's interesting you talk about like the size of your infrastructure, the penetration. Yeah, you could, God, whether it be blockchain or whatever, you guys could become the clearinghouse for it, given that you have so many businesses on the network already. So I'm not saying that I'm looking for look forward to a zero coin, but I'll keep an eye out for it in case it happens. <laughs> so with that, what else excites you about what's going on both in your company and the market in general? I think what's what's really exciting at the moment is the realization amongst small businesses of how powerful running their entire business in the cloud can actually be for them, not only in terms of their day-to-day, but in terms of growing and managing their business in new ways. And so I run the financial services business at zero. So I've got teams across all the locations I mentioned before, you know, across uh, across all, all continents. And when we look at what small businesses need to do from a day-to-day point of view, they wake up in the morning, they check their account balance. They then try to understand who owes the money. They then try and go and get paid. They understand who they owe money and they schedule their payments. And effectively what they're doing from a financial point of view is they're managing their cash flow. Now, what we've been able to do over time because we've got so many features, making payments, taking payments, the automated bank feed, so that you're reconciled every day. We're building this real-time picture of your cash position. That real-time picture is building a intelligence within Zero, where we're increasingly becoming stronger at helping small businesses get predictive around their cash flow position. So as a small business, you become highly proficient at running your business in the cloud. So you've, you're running your point of sale, you're running your invoicing, you're running your timesheeting, everything that you do to run your business, whether it's CRM or even just your, your back office accounts. If all of that is in the cloud and connected to zero, and many of our clients are, then what we can do is we can start to use that network view of what's happening to understand what might happen for a small business, give them the tools to be able to um, predict and forecast, and then make some uh, much more effective decisions about their business. So that's, that's one thing, making really good decisions. This might happen to my cash flow because three people look like they're not going to pay me this month and I've got outgoings that we hadn't expected. So that might sound pretty obvious. Where it really gets interesting is small businesses today, if you really look at those that are trying to grow, biggest challenge for them in all regions in which we operate is access to capital. In fact, it's a, it's a globally, it's a big problem. And when you look at the banks, they're not really well placed today to make decisions and really smart risk-based decisions to help a small business get access to capital. So get a loan so I can grow my business, get a loan so I can replace the coffee machine, get a loan so I can buy the the cafe next door and expand. Those are the kinds of, of decisions around growth that they might need to make. Same with cash flow. It might be, I've got to make payroll this month and we're short. So what Zero um, is able to do at the moment 
is we're actually able to see through data sets that empower the customer, give customers the ability to use their zero data to make lending decisions, right? And those lending decisions are actually made by lenders who are connected to zero. So what we actually see as the future is small businesses that are not constrained by access to capital, that are not constrained when they face cash flow issues. What we see as the future is a small business running on zero where their data informs the service providers around them, not only their software apps, but financial institutions that are able to look at data, understand what a small business needs, make sure that they're funded, get access to that capital and keep running their business efficiently so that they can grow, so that they can keep the doors open. And one of the most important things for small businesses, maintain the lifestyle that they want. And you look at contrasting that to today. Today, if you're a small business and you realize you've got a cash flow shortfall, if you realize you've got an opportunity and you need to go on and get a loan from a bank for that, you're facing into weeks of paperwork, you're facing into anxiety around getting your accounts together, you're facing into anxiety around um, whether you'll get rejected or not, and all that time you're under pressure for making payroll or you're under pressure for um, realizing an opportunity or closing a deal. If we can take that away for small business, and we already are with some of our lending partners, then we know that we're going to completely change the face of small business. And what that means for us in five years' time is we truly believe that we'll turn around and look at zero customers versus all other small businesses and they'll be more successful, they'll have grown, they'll have been more profitable and they'll have more employees than other small businesses and that will be true in all markets in which we operate. So it's a huge ambition for us but we're very, very excited about what's possible now. It's interesting because I've had that conversation with several other parties, exactly what you talked about there, one of which has actually been on this podcast, actually two of them have been on this podcast. One was a uh, peer-to-peer lender, and the other one was a, um, it's actually an HR benefits platform. And, you know, they specifically talked about in, in terms of funding the the benefits for the employee and being able to match up cash flows and with the actual, match up the draws with the cash flow periods where there's excess cash flow and not exceed what was coming down the pipe. So, yeah, all the dem- having a real finger on the pulse just lends itself to so many other opportunities. Before we wrap up, I want to talk about two kind of add-ons that you have to the core accounting software. You have zero projects and Workflow Max. Can you sum those up for me? Sure. So Workflow Max is a really important tool for our accountants and bookkeepers to help them run uh, the workflow within their accounting practice. And that workflow revolves around supporting small businesses. So actually, cast your mind back to earlier in, in this podcast, talking about realizing the importance of interacting around a small business and on the zero platform as opposed to just the products themselves. And so what we realized around running an efficient accounting practice and making zero incredibly high value as a result was that if we were able to connect zero into the workflow for an accounting practice, and that those workflows drove data to and from Zero and other applications, then Zero would effectively become core to running an accounting practice, core to running an efficient business as part of that accounting practice, and core to actually having a great experience as a client of one of those practices because your accountant and or bookkeeper is running a really efficient process around how they interact with you. So that's effectively what Workflow Max does. It allows accountants and bookkeepers to create their own custom workflows and, and activities around supporting their clients 
put that into zero and uh, and interact with small businesses around it. So when it comes to projects, projects is about real time job costing, time tracking, and essentially making that available on on both mobile and desktop. So that if you're managing any kind of work, if your business does any kind of estimation, time tracking, reporting, and effectively billable work, then having the projects features within Zero enables you to automate that, account for it in real time, have those involved in the billable work within your business, um, track that time and manage it effectively. And really what we've done is, is made accounting for billable work incredibly efficient. So not only being able to look at the past and track what happened, but actually understand what might be happening in the future and looking at that from both an accounting point of view and from a run the business point of view means that, uh, again, if you're running your business on zero, you're effectively taking more and more of what you do into the cloud and, again, making all those things more efficient. Excellent. Well, that makes for a great overview. Thank you very much, Ben. Uh, very much appreciated. Thank you for coming to Canada because I look forward to seeing that uh, that that market cater to a little bit better. And uh, this has been wonderful. So thanks again for making the time. Thank you, Jason. And really excited about the North American market. Really excited about Canada. Some great news coming over the next 12 months and look forward to telling you more about that in the future. Excellent. Well, if you're ever in town, I'll uh, buy you lunch. Thanks, Jason. And that was maybe with Ben Styles of Zero. Hope you found that enlightening and hope you take the time to look at his product because frankly, it's fantastic. And with that, I am Jason Pereira and thank you yet again for joining us on FinTech Impact. Until next time. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Until next time. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.